Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think My name is Michael E. Cullen the second, and with me as always is Is Linda Lee. No, you're 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 not Linda Lee. Oh, okay. What is your name? I'm not gonna say it. Alright, Kara Zorel. That's fine. I'm pretty sure it's Matthew Haas. Not gonna say it. I think it's Matthew Haas. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna acknowledge that name. Why not? I don't know, I just don't feel like it bothersome I have a new identity now I don't need to recognize my old name you don't Mm-mm. I was born again in light and you know what I'm talking about in light in the, the light being oh of Tony Generous yeah yeah that, the people on this podcast don't know about our good friend Tony I, I don't Generous care. I'm gonna spread his word in every Every, Pod, every every podcast, every format available, hmm. at all. Okay, I don't know. Well, <clears throat> that could be a good thing or bad thing. 
You have really piercing eyes. Do you realize that? Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I always have. So, um, anyways, today we're starting this uh, new series of, uh, you know, looking at films that I want to call uh, Crisis on Infinite Films. <laughs> it is, uh, yes, That's a crisis. A play on a comic book uh, series. Yes. Or event, <clears throat> rather. Yes, the crisis on infinite earths. Anyways, um, today we are covering the 1984 British-American film. Oh, British-American. Yeah, it was, it was actually filmed in Great Britain. Okay. And it actually says a British film according to uh, Wikipedia. Hmm. That's my... So that, that that's free for you, uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> that's if your, you, like, if, jingle, if, yeah. Yeah, if you want to, you know, start advertising. Because I'm sure nobody visits your website. Wait. Wow. Probably everybody. Um, anyways. Um, the, uh, yeah, the movie's called Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the TV series Supergirl, which is um, currently airing on the CW. Nope. Nope. Not even close. Um, we do have one of the actors from that show on here. Helen Slater stars in this film as as Kara Kara Zoel and Z- Kara Zorel and Super and um, Linda Lee. Yeah, Linda Lee, her, her slash Supergirl. Yeah. Yes, this was produced by the Salkinds, who produced the uh, first three Superman films, not the fourth one, which came out after this movie. <clears throat> okay. This and the failure of Superman 3 convinced them to sell the rights. Wow. Yes. Yes. I can imagine maybe why, but... um. Yes. By the way, Helen Slater, she plays um, TV Supergirl's adopted mother in the yes. Supergirl TV show. Mm-hmm. But she plays Supergirl in this movie. Yes. <clears throat> this movie also features the talents of... Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. Peter O'Toole, mm-hmm. Faye Dunaway, mm-hmm. all like award-winning actors mm-hmm. who have been in no better film than this film. Mm-mm. Nope. This and, yep, no Mommy Dearest or, you know, um, <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby yeah. or, uh, or um, Princess um, Bride. No, that's not Peter Russell, is it? No. That's no, sorry. Wait, wait, wasn't he in uh wasn't he in uh the the movie that the movie? Yeah. Um, that that one um about the guy. Uh, the, 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 I don't know. the 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 guy who traveled in like um stuff and he he wore the turban in the on the cover. Um Lawrence of Arabia? Yes. He was in that? Wasn't he Lawrence of Arabia? Oh, was he? Okay. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, I think he was. <clears throat> yes. That's a good movie. I, I'm thinking he was. Let's look that up really quick. Sure. While we can. Yes. See, there he is. Okay. There yes. he is. Mr. T.E. Lawrence himself. Mm. Peter O'Toole. <clears throat> you know he made most of that up, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it was like his memoir. Oh, I know. Mostly bullshit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, Yes. But that movie was is considered one of the greatest movies of all it's time. It's a really good movie. Yeah, and uh, not better than this movie though. Nope. 
This movie's two hours long and um, feels like four. Yeah, feels like four. <laughs> so, so, so if you want to uh, feel like you just spent four hours doing something in two hours <laughs> and get the enjoyment of four hours worth of something in only two, mm-hmm. watch Supergirl 1984. Yep. Yes. Ah, Matt. Mm-hmm. So, 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 um, also, uh, another, uh, person in this movie was Mark reprising his role of Jimmy Olsen from the Superman films. Yeah. Yes. So that was cool. Just wanted to point that out. Christopher Reeve was supposed to make a cameo in this movie, but um, yeah, he decided um, that he was um, not good enough to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. He, he wasted the potential by not showing yes. up in this. But they did have a poster of him, though. Yes. And... Um, and Linda's dorm room slash, well, I guess dorm. Room. Well, and, yeah, and Lucy because because she she has she shares a dorm room with Lucy Lane. Yes, as in Lois Lane's younger sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yes. And how does she know? She must have known that was the school to go to. Then, at, okay, I'm, pretty, I'm jumping ahead here. Sorry, I was, yeah, I, was thinking of something I think like it might just be a coincidence. Okay. Um, <clears throat> like how things happen in these things. Yeah. Just a whole series of coincidences yes. in these movies, and it's kind of like on soap operas where everybody seems to know each other, and things just happen, and you're like, "Oh, that's my brother." And dies Wait. twice or three yeah. times and comes back to life, resurrected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's uh hop into the uh into the good old time machine and let's uh find out the uh what what happened in this, Matt? What's the plot here? <clears throat> the plot here is um, very drawn out. Uh, there's maybe... Two is there a plot? There is a plot, okay. but it's very, very loosely put together. And there's maybe two stories in the entire movie, which is two hours long. And by the way, this was written by Timothy Burrill. So he's responsible for the re- well, plot. Well, he's responsible for the the writing, yes, but not the pacing of the film. Yes, that, that, that responsibility that, is on other people. On the director and editor. The so. director is uh, Jeannot Schwartz, who also directed Somewhere in Time featuring um, Christopher Reeve. Okay, well. Christopher that, Reeve actually suggested him for this movie. That's very in, uh, inconsistent. Okay. Um, and Somewhere in Time, if you have not seen it, is one of the few movies that makes me cry every time I watch it. It's a very good movie. It's one of the best. Movies. Yes. It's, it's a, and I can't watch it anymore, but it's still, it's, it's very... It's very sad. Yeah, very it's a very sad. good movie. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best time travel movies ever made. Mm-hmm. So, so, sorry about that. That's all right. So, the plot. Okay, so the plot is very drawn out and weird. So, what happens is it starts in um, Argo City. Um, for those who don't know, um, when according to the Superman, I guess plot, you know the 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 overall the general story of the Krypton. Krypton was the planet of Krypton was destroyed, but not not all the Kryptonians died after Krypton blew up. Yeah. So what happened was the remaining ones who kind of found each other scattered throughout space. They created their own artificial city called Argo City. That was powered by a special device. Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry. Argo, fuck. 
<laughs> wow. Sorry. I was just remembering the movie Argo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, every time I hear Argo, I, yeah. I, I remember that movie, too. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yes. A good movie. But um, the city is powered by something called the Omega Hedron, which is like this device that's... I don't know exactly where it comes from, but it's kind of like magical in some ways. Um, uh, well, magical, I guess, on our Earth, but in there it's more of a scientific thing. But um, a guy named Zaltar, he's kind of like a, he's like the main designer of the city. And he, um, he quote, borrowed the Omega Hedron. He's not supposed, no one's really supposed to have it to kind of do more creativity stuff. And then he was trying to hide it from the fact that he had it because he was talking to Kara's mom because she came up and then he kind of kicked the ball a little bit behind him. But then it got, um, it got caught up in super, I mean, well, Kara is, um, cloak or whatever she was wearing mm-hmm. and I guess um, she moved or whatever and then that caused the ball to fall in that um, that little what was it called I forgot the name it hold some kind of some kind of hold that was basically it fell in a hole was what it happened and yeah, and was... this thing basically powered the whole city so um, everyone was going to die now because of it and they were really upset because you could tell by their acting where they're like oh no the city's it's the only thing that can power the city Yes, I must be sent to the Phantom Zone for what I did. Your suffering will end soon, but mine will be everlasting. Like, you know, very, you know, like, you know, that's that's the reaction, you know, you would have to your entire home being destroyed is very stoic. And it kind of reminds me of um the um the um, Aladdin movie with you know, all the child trafficking. Like, I'm really scared, Al. Like, yeah, like, you know. Just Al Haddon. Al Haddon, you know, this this emotion just just bursting out, but whatever. So, so Kara feels it's her fault because she's a woman, and even in Krypton, women are told taught to believe everything's their fault. So she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and she, so she, so she, I don't know. So, uh, so uh, she goes to try to retrieve the um, the. Um, well, back in 1984, wasn't everything woman's fault? Well, that's what I'm saying. Even I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm people. Saying, I'm not being serious. Just letting you. Know. Well, I'm just saying, like, even yeah, in that time, that would yeah. even make more sense for people to think that. So, she tries to retrieve the Omega Hedron and ends up getting into one of the the pods, and ends up um, finding herself on Earth, and uh, it's immediately after she um, gets here. Uh, she ends up. These truckers, two truckers, tried to uh, sexually assault her. Yes, one uh, one played by Matt Matt Frewer, who uh, people better know as uh, Max Headroom, <laughs> and um, also uh, the uh, next door neighbor in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I know the Max Headroom yeah. uh, commercials. I, I know, mm-hmm. I know those, and I know that creepy prank that that person that person did in chicago back in the 80s, oh yeah where they wore the max headroom mask mm-hmm. that thing still gives me chills that prank oh, yeah. i don't know what it is something about it, wow but anyways, yeah uh, so, i think it was uh stuff you should know did a uh really uh good uh podcast about that situation so look that up is there stu- stuff you should know or stuff they don't want you to know oh, okay. one of those two they're both produced by the stuff network at iHeartRadio. i'm giving them free advertising because i enjoy go. both of those shows so um yeah there you go and you know iHeartRadio. if you'd like to produce our show and give me a bunch of money go ahead do it yeah okay 
<laughs> yeah, so these two truckers, you know, they don't even waste, waste any time either because, like, she's, like, standing, like, I don't know, 30, 40 yards away from the truck, and they they just stop the truck, and both of them get out of the truck and walk, like, 10 minutes to get to her. It's really This movie is really bad at pacing, really. And um, so, they you know, they take the 10-mile walk to get to her, which I don't know why they, <laughs> they decide to stop the truck that far away. And then they, you know, they're... They're trying to basically, you know, sexually assault her. You know, they're lifting up her skirt and, you know, saying stuff like, oh, this is a, you know, good view from the behind and all this bullshit. And then, like, you know, so she, you know, she picks up the one guy by the throat and, and throws him away. And these idiots, they're still trying to fight her. It's like, I don't, I don't see that thing. I don't understand yeah. about any of these movies where the first villains are always these, like, stupid guys. And they're usually mostly guys. And it's like, okay, at first you don't understand someone's power, fine. But then after they demonstrated just a little bit of what they can do, why do they keep trying to fight them? Like, well, they, well, they like, can't win. She she throws the Matt Frewer character. Yeah. And um, the other guy thinks, oh, I can take her after that. I'm just like, really, dude, your, your friend might be a little lighter than you because you're the heavier of the two dudes. But I'm pretty sure she can lift you up and throw you too. This woman weighs like maybe 110 pounds and... She can lift someone that weighs like two hundred pounds and like yeah what yeah and then she zaps him you know his knife he, he yeah he got a switchblade mm-hmm. so anyway so she takes care of them she you know knocks them out or whatever yeah. and then they're like they're like hey how about we agree that we never tell anyone about this which again that's interesting so now they're now they're in cahoots of saying that they're not going to tell anyone that they try to sexually assault a woman so they're like literally so it's conspiracy by a literal definition it's either that or they just don't want to tell anybody that a woman beat them yeah. up. Okay, yeah, that's I'm, probably, guess, that's I'm guessing the, that's what they were going that's probably, for. Yeah, because they wouldn't guess. care that they yeah. would. You, yeah, mm-hmm. You're right. Okay, so anyway, so um, uh, you know, kind of zoom in a little bit here. Uh, Kara, she um, she's uh, she sees like a a softball game. Yeah, and, uh, with a bunch of like um, boarding school chicks doing some kind of softball game or whatever. Right. Yeah, and she sees one of the. Uniforms, and this is interesting because because she, she doesn't have this power in the TV show, but apparently in this movie she can see someone's outfit and then just kind of make that outfit yeah. herself. So she, she also, and she also changes her hair from yeah. blonde to brunette. So that was pretty and cool. Kind of has a bob instead of a full head of hair. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So she got the school outfit on, and then she went to try to um, be a member of the school student of the school. And um, the principal there, his last name was Danvers. Which is interesting because mm-hmm. Kara Danvers is the name of the character currently in the comic books and on mm-hmm. TV. Yeah. yeah. Lots of interesting things. What am I missing here? Oh, yeah. Sorry. When she was... Yeah, sorry. When she first landed on Earth, okay, there was a uh, man and a woman that are practitioners of black magic and they're having a picnic. Oh, yeah. Nigel and Selena... And then Nigel is like the expert, I guess, of black magic or whatever. And Selena's like impatient. She like wants to like learn everything all at once because she wants to be like rich and famous and all that stuff. And he's like, you know, counseling her to like, you know, take it, take it slow type of thing. And um, the 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 um, Omega Hedron fell in like this nasty looking dip that they were eating. I don't even know what it was. It was some like shitty orange colored bullshit. But um, so- yeah, and, and Nigel is played by. Peter Cook, who is a famous um, English uh, satirist and comedic actor who uh, often worked with Dudley Moore and other people. I know he looked familiar. Yeah, he was uh, 
he was, I believe, let me look this up really quick. Um, he was in The Princess Bride. Okay. Which, that's probably why you were thinking that's of That's why I was Bride. thinking of, yeah, okay. Yeah, he played Sir Mortimer Chris. He was also... Um, he was also he also played the devil in the original version of Bedazzled, the one that they remade. Oh, okay. They remade later with uh, mm. replacing him with with, uh, 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 with <laughs> uh, um, um, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, no, no, it's him. he was. Oh. The, yeah, but then they replaced, and then it was uh, what's her face as the devil. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, because the original was uh, I believe Dudley Moore and uh, and him, and then. Uh, yeah. Yes, and, it was. Yeah. Because I remember one time, because that's 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 like back when, like when they had like video stores, rental stores. Yeah. And what would happen is every time a remake of a movie would come out, they would bring out the older version of it, and sometimes you know you'd be none the wiser, you just pick up a movie. So I thought I was renting Bedazzled with with Brendan Fraser, and I ended up getting the real one. I was pissed off at first, but then I was like, you know what, this version's actually better. So, it is. So, <laughs> Not that the other one's bad; no. it's just better. No, it's and they're good. they're both a retelling of Faust, anyway, so they're mm-hmm. not really, yeah, yep. What was that? So what what was that actress's name in that movie? Now I don't even. Remember. I don't know. I don't even remember her. I just remember Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember anyone else in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, I don't. Um, it's Elizabeth Hurley. That's who it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I have a funny story about Bedazzle too. Yeah. So I had a dream once, like. Like two years after I, I saw the movie in the theaters, and um, I had a dream like two years later that I was going to see Bedazzle with one of my friends, and that friend was Brendan Fraser to go see his own movie. But then Brendan of my dreams saw some of his other friends at the movie theater, yeah, who apparently were much cooler than me. And he went to go see the movie with them. And then when I went to go turn my ticket in, they said, oh, sorry, Bedazzle's rated R. You're not old enough to see this movie. I don't think it was rated R in real life. But um, so I was stuck there now alone because I was like 16 when I saw the movie. Yeah. So I was 18 when I had the dream, but I was 16 in the dream. Okay. I was, you know, at the age. So then... I ended up seeing some other movie. Don't even remember what it was, but it was like I think it was like something like way violent and like they let me see that apparently. But but Dad's old. No, that's no, too- never mind. No, no. <laughs> you know what I got to say to Brendan Fraser? Dream Brendan Fraser, not the real one. Yeah, yeah. Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> so what else happens? Yeah. So so uh, so anyway, she goes to this uh, school, dressed in a uniform, and uh, goes into Danvers' office. <laughs> And uh, he basically, she creates, like, files and shit for herself and then um, basically can go there. And uh, she ends up getting put in a, in a dorm room with, uh, with uh, Lucy Lane, the sister of Lois Lane. I don't know if I have to say that every time I mention her name. No, but, you don't. But I should. Well. Just, just to be consistent. Maybe. I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> if you want, but. Yeah. And, um. I'm uh, Michael E. Cullen II, um, mm-hmm. brother of uh, Christina Mailer. Mm-hmm. I just had to point that yeah. out, too. And, and you're Matthew Haas, brother of Nathan, Nathan Haas. Haas yes. yes. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> so, um, wow. yes. So that, uh, 
so that happened, and they become friends. We're taking a long time here because this movie has no plot. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's one plot. <clears throat> one plot in the whole fucking movie. There was a plot? Yes. Oh, okay. Can I get into the plot? Because, like, I keep... Yeah, let's just... I keep getting sidetracked. Let's, let's hop into the plot. <laughs> okay. Because I don't remember this plot The plot is, is Selena gets the, the Omega Hedron when she and Nigel are having that picnic. Mm-hmm. And it lands in their shitty-looking dip that they were eating, which, like, it's all orange and nasty-looking. I don't know what the fuck they were eating. It was, like, stupid crap. Yeah. And then so she she takes it out, and then it's, like, glowing and making all this Maybe weird Maybe it's, like, sound. Thousand Island dressing yeah, or something. Yeah, it, it looked terrible know, to me, but, but, but I don't know. <laughs> and then, so then, like, it starts, like, you know, doing what she wants, or she just can, I guess, intuit that she doesn't give her power. So then... She basically just decides that she's going to leave this Nigel because she doesn't need him anymore because she was only going out with him so he could teach her about black magic or whatever. Yeah. So she says, you know, I've outgrown you. These things happen. She gets in the car. He says, I got the keys to the car. She she uses the Omega Hedron to start the car and drives off without him. That's the end of Nigel for now in the story. So she goes back to her house or wherever. It turns out that they, she lives with a roommate who also practices black magic or witchcraft or whatever. They, they didn't really specify. They kept going back and forth. Which, you know, there's a difference between witchcraft and black magic. And according to some people, there really is no difference between quote-unquote black magic and white magic, which is kind of racist in of itself because black magic is somehow the more corrupt and evil ones, whereas white magic is the more nice and pristine ones, but whatever. So, um... But, you know, it's just – some people just say just magic is just magic. Uh, you know, the occult is just the occult. Anyway, I digress. So um, <clears throat> she she lives in this, like, carnival place with her roommate. She says, you know, we don't have to worry about money anymore. We don't, we don't have to worry about anything anymore because this ball I've got now, you know, can give me anything I want. Okay? So she has the power of the universe in her hands now. What does she do with the power of the universe, you might ask? Oh, I'll tell you. Um, she's driving around with her friend in a station wagon, and she sees this hot-looking dude sawing a tree with his shirt off doing landscape work, and she decides that what she wants most in the entire world is that guy. Oh. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all she wants. So the whole movie literally is about this. So she she calls him... She calls him up as a ruse to, you know, to say that she wants, like, plants, you know, or trees planted in their house or garden or whatever type of thing. Instead, she's there basically just, like, you know, really flirting with him. I I wouldn't even call it flirting. I mean, she's practically just offering herself basically and then she she slips something in his drink so she basically straight up roofies this guy yeah she does she roofies him and um it's part of some magical spell and then the spell is that when he wakes up the first person he looks at he's gonna be completely smitten by and he's gonna be forever in love with that person mind you she doesn't even know this person she's never she's only met him at just one time but yet she wants to spend their entire life with this landscape dude who she's had one conversation with and that conversation ended when she roofied him (sighs) okay so he wakes up i guess prematurely because the spell didn't work all the way because again like nigel said and you listen you got to listen to nigel because he's a teacher nigel said don't get too ahead of yourself in your studies and your practice. You gotta take it slow. But she didn't want to do it, so she practiced a really advanced spell and did a backfight on her because he woke up and he starts wandering the streets and it's really too long of a scene. The scene goes on for maybe five minutes of him just wandering the streets in a haze. 
and people are really mean to him in the cars, saying really mean things to him, like, go, you're going to kill yourself, blah, 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 and all this, you know, 1980s dudes in their cars, like, I'm aggressive, type of thing, you know. I'm going to run someone over to prove I'm a man, you know, type of thing. I mean, that didn't happen, but um, <laughs> but um, he gets so she she finds out because she her powers are growing by by the minute now. So she finds out that she can see where he is in one of her mirrors, so she can see him wandering the street in in the mirror, and then she wants to power a bulldozer kind of thing device machine to literally pick him up and then take him to the carnival where she lives or whatever. And then eventually the bulldozer does pick her, pick him up. The scene goes on for like five minutes. It's ridiculous. And um, Jimmy Olsen, yeah, sorry. And uh, so Lucy Lane and Jimmy Olsen are hanging out in a diner eating lunch or whatever. I think it was Popeye's chicken. That's right, it's Popeye's. Yeah, it's yeah, Popeye's chicken. Popeye's chicken and biscuits. Like, they're like, not, like, like Jimmy's not even all concerned. He's like, oh, it looks like it looks like they got someone stuck in that um bulldozer machine. And he's like, yeah, well, you know. We shouldn't go after him, you know. You never know. Someone like that could have a gun or a knife. <laughs> so it's like, let's go eat. It's like, okay, fuck you, Jimmy Olsen. Like, you're just gonna let a guy get swallowed up by a Superman's fucking... pal, Jimmy yeah. Olsen. It's like, <laughs> fuck you. So then, so then, um, uh, Linda Lee, you know, she she leaves to become Supergirl, and then she she tries to uh, say, well, not before that. Um, Lucy actually gets tries to climb into the to the bulldozer and, and steer, but she ends up getting her head knocked. Or something, so she becomes unconscious. So then, Supergirl then comes in and breaks the the part of the bulldozer that's carrying him, then takes him off, but just leaves her friend for dead. You know, who's who's knocked unconscious in the bulldozer as it's driving. Could drive anywhere. Could drive into a lake or a river. Yeah, who cares? Apparently, her 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 doormates, whatever. And um, and of course, you know, as as you can see, what probably happens when he wakes up, he he sees Kara or as Linda rather. And then now he's he's in love with Linda Lee now, not Uh-oh. Selena. Uh-oh. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. So, as you can probably imagine, Selena is none too pleased with this development. And she decides now she's going to take things out on what they called the wimp. Because at first, they didn't, um, they didn't know if she was Supergirl or something like that. Or she tried to do something as linda lee not as supergirl for yeah. like a split second and so they caught her i don't know something like that i don't really remember yeah so, so they think the... it was just linda <clears throat> yeah so what else happens oh, after that um i'm trying to remember i don't know you want to take a break really yeah, quick and sure. we'll, we'll we'll try to compose ourselves and figure out what the yeah. hell happened here and uh you know if there's a plot in this movie or not there is a plot oh, okay it's it's a very drawn out plot but yes okay okay we'll be right back folks Hi, folks. This is Mike Lee calling the second from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay. Anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do. You're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. 
So I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. Magus Ilgar's apprentice, Udo Malaki, comes from a family of dangerous, exciting casters. Hi, I'm Udo Malaki, and um, I do magic. Even if his ambitions only go as far as staying alive. You know, I was really hoping you were going to say something a bit more positive. Not exactly an ideal Magus. Mm. You can hear Udo Malaki and his exciting adventures in the upcoming radio comedy, Magus Ilgar. Visit MagusElgar.com to download your copy today. And we are back. Super back. Oh, super back. (laughs) (sighs) Missed that part, yeah. I'm flying, Matt. Cool. I'm flying. Cool. I'm flying. I like that. I'm still flying. Okay. For like five minutes. Yep. And no plot is There's happening. There's way too much of that going on in the movie. Yes. Too. Her <laughs> flying. It's like, we get it. She's excited <laughs> about flying. But, man, we don't need a whole montage of this See, going on. When the first Superman came out and they did that, the effects were, like, groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. But that was in 1978. This is six years later. Right. That's like when, you know, like when The Matrix came out, that bullet time thing was cool. But then when, like, 85 million other movies did it, it was, like, Okay. Like, yeah. What we am I get what? it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how things advance. Sorry. Yeah. But. Yeah. We can't. We can't live on the past, man. <clears throat> nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so what, what happens next in this, uh, in this like multi-plot filled mess? Okay. So <laughs> Selena summons a windstorm creature. To attack Kara, it's invisible, and so it, you know Kara's getting hit by it. She doesn't know where it comes from, so she ends up uh, taking a one of those like um a light, like a light stand, like a what is it called? Street like a street lamp thing. Oh, okay, yeah. And she ends up having to get electric, you know, electrified, so then she can like push it towards where she thinks the creature is, and then for some reason, the creature is visible when it dies. Yeah, I'm not sure why, I but didn't okay. Get that either. So she kills the creature or, or sends it back to wherever it came from or whatever. I don't know what. And then um, she, uh, this is either before or during the same time where um, she goes to the carnival to try it because she can figure out, because she can sense when the Omega Hedron is doing stuff too, because she's trying to retrieve it so she can have an idea of where it is. So yeah. she re- she can find realizes that it's at the carnival. So then she's staking out the carnival to try to. to she doesn't know it belongs to Selena at this point either. She just going, yeah. and then but then the Ethan, the landscape guy, is following her because he's completely smitten by her. So with flowers and chocolate. Yeah, flower. Yeah, flowers and chocolate. And then he, you know, she's kind of likes him too a little bit, even though like he's like just completely like, you know, one hundred percent, like just not not even real person at this point he's just like a a robotic you know whatever type of thing mm-hmm. and um so he begs her to go on a ride with him like one of those like carnival like um what do they call not ferris wheel but like the it's like a what do you call it it's it's almost like the teacup ride but kind of different i don't know what it is it's yeah kind of different it's weird yeah one of like those type of rides spinning thingy my bobber yeah it's a spinning thing so then I watch a lot of videos about amusement parks. Yeah, I know you do. So you think I would know what the fuck those are called, right? That's all right. Yeah. You don't have to know everything. It's fine. 
You're good. No, I do. I need to know everything, no, Matt. No, you don't. You don't. I need to know everything. You're fine. I need to know everything. It's okay. No. It's okay. okay. No. <laughs> it's not okay. Okay, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they sit down on this one of these benches or whatever, and they have like a moment, you know, whatever. And then Selena turns on the the lights. And then she uses her magic to make the the thing spin, like, really, really fast, where she thinks, you know, it might actually kill them. But then um, Ethan, Ethan's still in there. He's, like, passed out. But Kara is gone. Or Linda is gone, rather, because she was dressed as Linda at the time. But then she reappears as Supergirl. And then they kind of have, like, a fight or whatever. Uh, I don't remember what happens with it. Oh, yeah, I know. I remember now. So, like, there's, like, they have, like, these football-themed bumper cars with, like, the, the logos of the team on them. Like, yeah. Like, Pittsburgh. It was such a weird scene. And Ethan's in there, and he's trying to dodge the bumper. Like, like they would kill him. I mean, like, really? They go, and like, what, five miles per hour? Like It's just funny because, like, they shot this movie in England, and there's American NFL football team things there for some reason. I don't know if they... I don't know. I'm not British. Well, actually, I'm part, <clears throat> I am part British, but that's... Well, that's uh, different. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I did write down, though, there was actually a, a beginning plot that, that changed, because I wrote this down. Selena practices black magic to dominate the world, because that was, that was her plan from the beginning with Nigel when she found this thing, and then somehow that plan converted over to making this dude landscape guy fall in love with her i don't know what's the name ethan mean does that mean the world no it doesn't mean the world okay i, I I'm, I'm just i'm just curious maybe that's yeah. what she meant she meant yeah she said world domination maybe she meant <laughs> ethan dom- i don't know and then um and then she that she um told nigel this at the the little soiree that they had where she was you know testing out her powers or whatever and nigel was looking for you know, new women to manipulate or whatever with this knowledge. This whole movie is really creepy if you think about it like that, though, because, like, <clears throat> like you got this dude who's, like, using, like, his knowledge of the occult to, like, basically date people, and then you've got Selena, who whose original plan is world domination, but you know what? The writers were like, you know what, though? I don't think that's right for a woman to want world domination. You know what we should make the whole plot about? Her trying to find a guy. Because she's old. And uh, and she's an old woman, therefore she can't find a man. So we're going to make the whole plot using all the powers of dark magic you can find for this one sole purpose. And I know, Matt, you were asking yourself, what does the name Ethan mean? Mm-hmm. You were, weren't you? Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> it means, it's a Hebrew name. Okay. That means firm, enduring, strong, and long-lived. Well, his character is kind of like he's you know landscape guy. He's yeah. tall. He's got muscles. You know, he's I handsome. Mean, it makes sense. Yes. that he named him that. But uh, I'm not sure if that's why they named him that. But <laughs> I just had to look it up. I mean, that's I, fine. I, yeah, I'm in a weird mood tonight, Matt. You're fine. You're, you're good. You're fine. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. So what happens? What happened after that fight? I forgot what happened. She. I'm not okay though. What happened though? <laughs> <laughs> what. She sent Supergirl into the Phantom Zone, but that was later on, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't even remember now. I don't even oh, no. know. No, because she made that fortress for herself in the middle of town. Oh, yeah. Midvale. That was, that was 
Yeah, but that was that before or after she got sent to the. No, she went to the fortress first. Yeah, and she and then she sent him sent her to the Phantom Zone. I think I don't remember now. Who cares? But um, I think she sent her to the Phantom Zone first before the. <laughs> okay. yeah, it was before the fortress was there. Okay. Because, yeah, because that was later where everybody's like, "Hey, look, there's a mountain in the middle of the town." Yeah. Okay. So here's another thing. <laughs> so she won a world domination. That kind of got converted over to I need. I just want this guy to be completely smitten with me, and then that converted to. Oh well, I, I got to get a little bit on this world do- domination thing. So I'll be like the queen of Midvale, like a small town, yeah. outside of Chicago. Like, okay, so you're gonna use all of your powers. I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna be the the I, I'm gonna be the queen of uh, Wilmette, Illinois. Like, wh- why? Like, <laughs> like there's like two thousand people that live there. Like, yeah. it's like again, like the stakes could not be lower in this movie. I mean, she has she has a device that can literally do anything she wants and she's thinking in such small scales so she 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 creates this huge fortress in the middle of town and there's a mountain and the cat the fortress is on top and then she uh she seizes lucy lane and jimmy olsen because because yeah by the way they all know who she is all of a sudden they got protest signs and they're like Go away, Selena! Like, like when? When did they hear about my, this? My, my thing like, is, like, what's the time frame? Like, how what? long was it that this happened? Like, was this a week later? Was this a day later? Was this like two hours later? What was this? Right. I mean, I know I felt like the movie was a week long. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. I don't know. It's so weird. So then they, she, because because they because her and her roommate put together that that Linda Lee is a, is, is Supergirl because they called her the Wimp. So they they put together the two because because Lucy said, "Oh, my roommate disappeared the night that you did this or whatever," and then that was the same night that Supergirl disappeared. So then they they put together that okay, that's the same person. So she gets sent into like this really kind of like dark cave type prison like planet prison planet Alex Jones. No, um, she gets sent, and it turns out that it's it's the the Phantom Zone. And by the way. Um, just in case you didn't know, um, the makers of this movie really, really, really wanted people to try Squirt, the drink, the soda. And A&W. Because they mentioned Squirt like 17 times in like five minutes in The Phantom. And movie. they don't even show it, so it's just all to talk, you know? It's like yeah. Squirt? Yeah, it's Squirt? Yeah, but Squirt? I don't think they were talking about the soda. Oh, wasn't okay, I thought he was. I think that's what I thought. But Oh, damn it. I, mean, I, thought, he was, I thought he had a soda bottle with the somehow the phantom uh, zone had a well, soda no whatever uh who cares nothing else in this movie makes sense but yeah um so um zaltar is is at the phantom zone and he saves her because she's she's trying to swim through like this green mud or something like that and she passes out he he drags her out of the, the mud and then she wakes up and sees him and you know he's all being all depressed and moody about you know i i i destroyed Argo City because I lost the blah 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 and then she makes him feel guilty for feeling guilty and then convinces him to help her get out of the Phantom Zone so that they could fix Argo City and then they could save she says save Earth from Selena that's that's very um, generous Midvale sure but Selena does not own Earth at all by any stretch of the means she barely has control of Midvale at this point so I well, I think she's in this whole like uh, 
this um selena's like trump um (laughs) thinks that but but sadly trump does kind of own america now but at the time you know he just had like the trump tower he built in his name and thought hey you know this means i own new york city no you don't you're a fucking dumbass anyways i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he is a piece of shit. But anyway, so um, if I remake this movie, the villain's gonna be Trump. Good, good. <laughs> and make him no, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> they are talking about remake doing like, doing a Supergirl movie soon. Oh, okay, yeah, That'd which kind of cool. I don't like the fact that they're doing like a possibly a Supergirl and a Flash movie while they're still on TV. It's just like without the same actors. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with different people playing the roles and stuff, but I'm just like, give it some time, let it breathe. I mean, yeah. don't, you know. And my thing is, is who's going to pay money to go see a Supergirl movie when you can watch it weekly on TV? Well, but movies I mean, are it'll different. Be, it'll though. be different, yeah. But especially with DC's track record as far as movies go lately, their movies aren't that great. No, I mean, I haven't seen Joker yet. I hear that's good, but yeah, know. but see, Joker is not it's like a standalone. Different, yeah, it's yeah. not meant to be like a uh, the same. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was good. Yeah. I still haven't seen it yet. Yes, still gotta, have, I still have your Blu-ray. I haven't watched. Yes, you, it. you should watch it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, he okay. So here's another in inappropriately long scene. So they're in the Phantom Zone, and Selena um, can see that they're trying to escape from her mirror or whatever. So she summons a demon storm. I'm not sure why it's a demon storm. It's just a red tornado, but whatever. So. I mean, I didn't see any demons, but... That's what demon storms okay, are. Okay, so yes, yes. she summoned a demon storm to go to the Phantom <laughs> Zones and, um, you know, kill them or stop them from whatever. So, um, you, you know, Zoltar is, like, trying to push Supergirl, like, up the mountain, and then she's like, you know, come with me or whatever, and he's like, I am with you or whatever, some bullshit, you know, inspirational speech or whatever. He gets sucked <clears> in <throat> by the demon storm. He just swirls around this fucker for like a whole minute. Like, I mean, really, the pacing of this movie is just terrible. And she's I like, mean, it, it's like, okay. <laughs> Gollum falling into the, into that pit in the end of uh, Lord of the Rings took less time. Terminator falling into that pit of, of like melting, of melted metal. Right. In in Terminator Two, right. took less time. He wasn't even falling. They had a little a lever. Yeah. So it made sense for him to be slow. Yeah, because... that took less time though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and okay, here's the thing. This is this was my thought as this was happening before this happened. <laughs> um. So, in this movie, um, this came out. You know, a few years. Like, I mean, well, like seven years after. Uh, after uh um star wars star wars yes and so this is kind of our obi-wan kenobi character <laughs> this uh you know lawrence of arabia peter o'toole um yeah my thought there is um our uh obi-wan sucks yeah. that's what i said when we were <laughs> watching was, this that yes. was hilarious that was, yeah because <laughs> you because you, you said like uh i brought it down too because yeah he, like, he said like yeah he's he's our Obi Wan Kenobi. He's like, except our Obi Wan Kenobi sucks. As he's swirling <laughs> yes. down the. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, I mean, you killed him way too late in the movie, right? For him to mean anything, right? He disappears for half the movie, and then you bring him back and then kill him. Like you yeah. know, 
a few minutes later or a few hours later, I can't tell in this movie. The time was just so fucked up in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, by the way, Selena, she recaptured Ethan and what put him under her spell again somehow. I forgot to say that because he was her king or whatever of Midvale. So... But but he snapped out of that too at one point. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. So then, what happens uh, after um after our Obi Wan Kenobi sacrifices himself? She gets out of the Phantom Zone. She um goes back to the fortress and they have a fight. She you know she finds that Lucy and and Jimmy are in like these like little. Kate ball cages things like you would see in some movie from like nineteen fifties or whatever. Yes. And um and Selena goes, Oh, they'll get the point and then summons these spiky things or whatever. Yeah. Um, really bad pun. These like hot spiky things. Yeah. They so, looked hot at least. Yeah, they were kind of yeah. They, they were red glowing. Yeah. So Supergirl blows on them to you know to do the freezing thing and breaks them apart and then um Selena tries to crash them down as the spikes are you know still up there but then they they're and then sets them free she sets them free for some reason i don't know why basically she ends up setting yeah, them free yeah. because she's a fucking dumbass she's so, the worst villain the worst in the villain. history of a comic book she movie is. and nigel he runs off like a fucking coward but then he comes back later on to tell supergirl how to defeat her because he's he's like you know he's the expert of black magic here or whatever so um supergirl does like this like tornado type move to like yeah basically like imprison selena with energy or whatever and then she gets like i don't even know what happened there she just disappears or she gets whisked away i don't know what happened yeah she got so killed she, or what she basically but... dies i guess and then uh <laughs> and then the movie ends that was pretty much it yeah yeah um, ethan he he woke up from his stupor or whatever and then he said goodbye to her because she went back to argo city to save it. So it's kind of interesting because this was like a one-off story whereas like, you know, Supergirl on our 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 TV show, I say our like I'm part of it somehow like I'm writing for it whatever. And our Supergirl, you know, yeah. CW, the current I, Supergirl. You know, <laughs> she's 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 on earth pretty much to stay for life. I mean, Yeah, and like, I think like, well, cuz she came from Krypton as opposed to Argo City in this in, right, in our version and stuff. Right. And anyways, um you want to take a break here, Matt, and then we'll yeah. we'll we'll uh, we'll look at some reviews of this movie and um you know some like comments and uh, some other fun facts. Sure. Hey, folks, this is uh Michael E. Cullen the second um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what what do we do, Matt? We we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we it was we, a lot we, more exciting than that though. Yeah. So 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 we we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah. They're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and. Uh, a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it.
And make sure you're not afraid to get all too real. Bye-bye. And we are eh. kind of super back. Eh. 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 Okay. Whatever. So, uh, you want to, here, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up some, uh, reviews, user reviews of this movie from, uh, the internet movie database, my favorite website. Maybe. I don't know. Um, (laughs) so, uh, here's the first one from SN Clark. From December 30th of 1998. So quite a while ago. Wow, it is. Yes. Um, 10 out of 10. Great film. I have watched Supergirl quite a few times and simply love it. I think Helen Slater acted brilliantly in it, and she comes over very warm and comfortable in her role. That was a nice little... Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see if I can find another one. All right, here's another uh, top, I mean, 10 out of 10 review here from Wertherer from October 27th, 1999, right around uh, Halloween. Mm. Yep, see? See with the holidays? Yes. (laughs) Even, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Um, Is that 20 years ago? Uh, Yeah. 21, actually. Yeah, well. Well, 99, sorry. Yeah, 99 would be 20. Yeah. Okay, so... uh, Supergirl has been panned by many movie, many a movie critic for technical flaws and uninspired effects. What they have forgotten to mention, however, is the brilliant acting portrayed in this piece of just that brilliance. Helen Slater could not be more perfect for the role, and Faye Dunaway, who received very bad reviews for her having um, left teeth marks all over the set, performs to the extent of which the role was written for her. She is a witch. How more evil can she be? Watch this Not mo- evil enough. <laughs> Watch this movie for the first 15 minutes. The portrayal of Argo City as a utopian fantasy is worth the rental fee thrice over. Overall, oh destined God. for its uh, status as a cult classic. Hooray for the to the Japanese for having the good taste in movies and making this the success that it is. Nice dream. I guess it did good in Japan or something. I don't know. So, yeah. um, Yeah, there's a lot of 10 out of 10 reviews here, Matt. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Some of them them say, like, perfect. A director's cut could change minds. Okay. So there's more? So two hours is not long enough. Yeah, very appropriate and not a flop. Yeah. Uh, let's find some bad reviews here. Please. Okay, here's a 1 out of 10, Matt. From Virtual Insanity. <laughs> okay. It's the person's name from January 5th of uh, 2003. Right around Martin Luther King's birthday, I believe. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to find a holiday that might be <laughs> around there. <laughs> it's a few days from New Year's. Um, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um <laughs> One out of ten. Oh dear, such potential wasted. The hardest thing to swallow about how bad this film really is is the talent on hand, such as Peter O'Toole and Faye Dunaway. 
What on earth possessed them to put together their genius into this appalling production is beyond me. Helen Slater's acting is cardboard as it gets. I don't agree with that. I no. think she was actually decent. The principal storyline just stinks, and the plot is so full of holes, it's untrue. The special effects are just plain awful, and everything in the movie looks like a bad prop from the 1930s version of Flash Gordon. But enough about the good points. The one thing that really annoys me is <laughs> is the patronizing but generally incorrect use of sci-fi description. Some of the words they dream up are just so lacking in imagination and condescending it's nauseating. Omega Hadron, I ask you. I'm pretty sure that's from the comics, actually, but that's a little... <laughs> but anyways, um, in short, if you want to make history and tell everyone you have witnessed quite possibly the worst film ever made, then watch Supergirl. If, however, you value the relatively short time we have on this planet, then please don't waste two hours of it watching this trite, worthless drivel. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to read a little bit of trivia here from the movie really right. quick. The film's opening credits cost almost a million dollars to shoot. Those three and a half minutes of words flying on the fucking screen that could have been a lot shorter cost a million dollars to shoot. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Helen Slater later went on to appear in Smallville and uh, also plays uh, Liza Danvers on Supergirl, as we've mentioned. Um, John Williams' theme for Superman appears briefly in uh, Jerry Goldsmith's score. Demi Moore was uh, slated to play Lucy Lane, but opted out at the last moment, as did Christopher Reeve, as I... As, uh, as I said, John Travolta was approached to play Ethan. That'd have been interesting. Huh. Um, Robert Wise turned down uh, offer to direct this. Melanie Griffith was considered for Supergirl. Um, yeah, um, hmm. That's about it, but I just wanted to bring up some observations I had about this film. Okay, first off, we have, uh, you know, some sexual assault right towards the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Then we have uh, Faye Dunaway's character of Selena roofing Ethan. Which is sexual assault. Well, yeah. she didn't do anything with them, but it was intended. Okay, were these... Was uh, Lucy and uh, Linda, were they in high school, do you think? I think it was a high school, like, yeah. academy type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I wasn't sure it was high school or college, because the thing is, Jimmy looks like he's about 30. <laughs> and if... Did he? I, he looked pretty young to me, though. Yeah, but he kind of looks old. Okay. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he was at least 30 when they made this movie i'm pretty sure though it was high school because they had to sign out and crap like that usually when you're in college, yeah but sometimes in, in college you do out of dorms oh, okay. and stuff but i don't know i'm just i was just really confused because if he's either way he's pretty old to be dating a high school student in lucy that that's just bothersome to me yeah i mean 
give it a few years and it'll be okay, but this I don't think they really thought any of this through at all. <laughs> when they made it, they're just like, we'll just throw together a bunch of crap. And Do you think they just put a bunch of words into a blender and just let them kind of crap out and then yeah. see what happened and came up with the script? Yeah. So uh, my last question before we close up here, Matt, is would you recommend this movie to anyone? Mm. Yeah, maybe. To who? To, like, bad people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, maybe put somebody in, like, that... uh, chair like uh alex and um clockwork orange and mm-hmm. just make them watch this movie over and over and over again or something yeah something I mean, like that no you can watch it i think i mean okay like if you just have it on tv and you're kind of half watching it with like your friends or something like your family yeah that's okay I think. maybe put it on while you're vacuuming yeah that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh anything else before we go here matt nope okay well, thanks for joining us for this super episode of, uh, you know, our uh, new series here, um, Crisis on Infinite Films. We'll uh, have a few more of these coming up soon. Hope you enjoyed it. I know I didn't. Bye-bye. Have a super day. <laughs> super. <laughs> Duper. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast. A Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.